Welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah, and I'm here today with Jen and Ashley. This is Ashley. We'll chat about our Unabridged Book Club's pick of the month, recommend related books, and share our nerdy English teacher love of reading with our Unabridged highlights and with short episodes featuring targeted topics. To follow along with our schedule, visit our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hey, this is Ashley. Thanks for joining us today. We are pursuing an interesting topic today. We are going to talk about books that are sad, but we decided to make sure that we were selecting ones that we believe are worth all the tears. And I have to say, in my world, it takes a lot for a book to be worth all the tears. So (laughs) usually if something's really sad, Jen or Sarah make sure that I am very aware of that. And often I move that one way down on my TBR list. So, So yeah, I think it's something that I do like to hear from other people and that we're interested to share with you and then hear from you. But before we get started, I just want to remind you, if you would please um, go onto iTunes or onto the podcast app with Apple and rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us so much that, as we have said the last few weeks, that is the single thing that you can do that helps us immensely. So if you'll take a minute to do that, we would really appreciate that. And also follow us on all the social media places. We are at Unabridged Pod. And okay, so we're going to get started talking about the books that we believe are worth all the tears. So I'm going to start, and I just first, I have a little disclaimer. So I, it takes nothing to make me cry. I cry at the drop of a pen. And I typically stay away from books for, that are like for adults that I know are going to be devastating. So I tend to, if I'm going to cry in a book, it's normally skews YA just mm-hmm. because I have gotten used to reading that when I from when I was in the classroom all the time and wanted to recommend to students. So I did mm-hmm. read them, read it for that. But like with, I don't know, I I don't tend to read adult books and then cry during them. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna, so I'm going to stick with YA today. But anyway, so uh, that's my qualifier. So the first one, (laughs) well, mine are similar today. So I just wanted to get that qualifier out there. Um, So the first one is The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. And uh, Mm, I read this when I was teaching eighth grade. And I, I was so, I mean, I was just so sad when I read it. And it was just so heartbreaking. If you haven't heard of this book, it's a story of Hazel who um, has cancer and she goes to a cancer support group and meets Augustus and they form a friendship and he is a, he, he is a cancer survivor in remission and they form this friendship and there's there's no secret of how much I love John Green which I've spoke at length about on the podcast and he just does a, such a good job of creating this real relationship between these two young adults Mm -hmm. that just seems so real like a first love it just feels so authentic I think and just their relationship and the family in the book her family her the relationship that her parents have with her it's just so touching Mm -hmm. and beautiful Mm -hmm. and it's hopeful, but it's sad, and it's mm-hmm. just great. And then I watched the movie, which I felt like was really well cast. Yes. And I watched it all by myself when I was on a business trip with my husband. And I feel, felt like near a breaking point 
<laughs> because I was just, it was, it was gut wrenching, but so beautiful too. So, so that's my, that is one. Mm-hmm. I, I was nervous about reading it because of the con- the subject matter, but it just, it touched my heart. And I just, I thought, I think it was worth all those tears I shed mm-hmm. during. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we were prepping our list, Sarah put this down first and Ashley <laughs> and I both piped in quickly with me too. Me too. Like, I feel like this is just one of those universal ugly cry mm-hmm. books that, yeah. <laughs> my husband often finds me crying over a book. What's wrong? And then he's like, oh, you're reading. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was definitely one. And yeah, the same. When we were on a trip, when I we watched the movie, Kirk went with me. But um, I went through one of those whole little packs of tissues. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. I did not want to leave the theater after because I was looking pretty rough yeah yeah man I mean I this is one for me I would not have chosen and then we read it for a book club maybe I've said that before like we read it for a book club at the school that Jen and I were both at at the Mm -hmm. time and it really enriched my life I mean I just Mm -hmm. think that really I think that's what I was thinking of when we talked about this episode is books that were gut-wrenching but Mm -hmm. also that have resonated and really um, enriched your life in in a way. And I think it is cathartic. I think Mm -hmm. that book is cathartic. But also I felt like just that – I felt like it really showed what what cancer is like um, and what illness is like and that a lot of it is just – ugly and inglorious and I think that that is laid out so clearly in that book and that was what I appreciated about it is like watching people who I love who are sick just seeing that I think is sometimes not represented in the book even when they're talking about an illness um and so like that's what I loved about that one too was that it was comforting to read somebody describing like you said Sarah like the real people Mm. who are just teenagers living life but also who are experiencing these things and then feeling like all of that really felt authentic And I think in that one, too, the parents are so well portrayed. I mean, I think John Mm -hmm. Green is just masterful at making humans, at Mm -hmm. creating humans. And I just remember, like, I had my boys when I read that book for the first time. And I think he does such a good job. It is not from the parents' perspective, but communicating what it is like for them Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. see their daughter going through this and to want her to have a rich and healthy, as much as you can, life, Mm -hmm. um, but to know... Yeah, to know the seriousness of the disease that she's battling. So, mm-hmm. yeah, John Green is pretty brilliant. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I will go next. <laughs> I mean, Sarah, I Sarah is making a sad face. Now, I, I, I felt my yeah, um, tear ducts in my nose. Like, it was like there were no tears coming, but I could feel the sensation of <laughs> precipitation of tears. I mean, it's definitely a yeah, and I read response. that. that read, I sure. read that one a long time ago, but yeah, it stays with you. Totally worth all the tears. It really is. Oh, so good. Okay, um, so my first pick is Jonathan Safran Foer's "Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close." Um, this one, I used to do this in the classroom, and typically the student, I did it as a choice, and typically the students who read it really enjoyed it and also found it to be quite moving. So this one is about a nine-year-old named Oscar whose father is killed in. Uh, during 9-11. So, I mean, that alone makes it obviously a very sad book. But I think what makes it worth the tears for me, because, I mean, I did some ugly crying during this book as well, is the beauty of their relationship. You understand how much Oscar's father meant to him. Um, Oscar is on the autism spectrum and has some difficulty um, interacting with other people. And 
his dad used to create these challenges for him that seemed to have one point, but the real point was to have Oscar go out and talk to people and ask them questions and have conversations with them. And after his father's death, Oscar believes that he has found his dad's last challenge. And so he starts going out into New York City, meeting all of these strangers, um, because he is determined that he is going to solve his dad's last challenge. There's also a parallel storyline. And I will say, so the movie is also really good and also tons of tears. The, the movie leaves out the second storyline. And this one is about Dresden during World War II. And there's a couple in Dresden who also face a lot of loss. And that part as well is quite sad, but also about a relationship and love and the way that love can survive tragedy. I mean, I just, the book is just beautiful. And I don't want to give away anything at all about the end, but I got to the end of that book and just lost it. Like (laughs) that was definitely one. My husband was really concerned. I was in bed reading. I was staying up late to finish it because I just had to know what happened at the end. And I mean, I I woke him up because I just, it's beautiful. It's sad. I mean, Ashley used the word cathartic and I feel like it is like that. I will also say this was all tied up in my own father's illness. And so there's definitely a personal element to it that I feel like there are certain books that just made me really think about people's relationships with their fathers. And this is definitely one of those for me. So it's beautiful and sad for a whole lot of reasons. Um, It also has some mixed media elements that I think make it really interesting. Um, Foer plays a lot with text and with images and with like redaction of text. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's physically a beautiful book. So that is Jonathan Safran Foer's Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. I still have not read that, and I really want I, to I really read that. I look one. at that every time. The I cover go. is totally captivating. Yeah, I really great. want to read it. I mean, it, it is it is dense. I wouldn't say it's a fast read, but it, I think it is worth the read, the time, the tears. <laughs> it's worth all the things. That's what, I've had so many it. students who loved it and yeah. have said such great things about it. I wanted to talk about Celeste Ng and her um, book, Everything I Never Told You. We, I think we've talked about both of her books mm-hmm. for various reasons, but I feel like this is one that I was profoundly devastated by, but also felt was just so powerful. And I think that what I love so much about this, and she does this really well, I think also in Little Fires Everywhere, is that she shows the complexity of each person mm-hmm. and how you can never know all of the parts of the people that you love. And I think she also shows in Everything I Never Told You how unbelievably complicated family relationships are and also the weight of the people you love um, and the way that what you want for yourself, particularly mothers, um, what you want for yourself can be in opposition to having children and then how that weight can cause mothers to make these choices that then profoundly impact the lives of their children. And I think that that part is what I found so moving is just how um, how it's a family who love each other very much, but they also have a complicated relationship. And early on, the mom Um, makes some decisions that really impact the children. And I think she does a great job of showing how no one is at fault. And yet Mm -hmm. these things happen and people make these choices. And then it starts this kind of domino effect 
that leads to things that are awful. And I feel like that part was what was so sad to me was how it felt like some of the things that happened were so avoidable and yet the totally unforeseeable mm-hmm. that both both they could have been avoided so easily but also that no one could have seen what was coming yeah so i just feel like again i don't want to spoil anything but i think it just i i love her i think she is an amazing author and i felt like that book was so powerful um and i did feel like ultimately it was hopeful so even mm-hmm. though horrible and irreversible things happen um and the premise is that one of the children has died and mm-hmm. i mean that's the first line in the book so i don't feel like that's a spoiler but like how that all happens and like the uncovering of that is really what the entire book is about and that is the central event but i also think that working through all of that Again, I mean, uh, this one also I think is cathartic. I think working through all of that for the family to work through all the things that happen is really cathartic for them. And then the book is really hopeful in that regard. So my last one is, and actually, as you all have been talking, I'm like, oh, those are some other books I could have talked about. So I actually have read some books for grownups that have really made me (laughs) cry. But I'm just going to stick with what I'd picked, especially because this is a pretty buzzy book right now and with the movie coming out. Um, so I'm going to talk about Five Feet Apart by Mickey Daltrey, Rachel Lippincott, and Tobias Iancanis. I hope that I know I butchered that name. I'm sorry. But anyway, so Five Feet Apart is about a girl named Stella who has cystic fibrosis. She is in the when when the book opens, she's in the hospital for a lengthy stay. And it's kind of like on a, a cystic fibrosis ward mm-hmm. at a hospital where several young people with the disease with cystic fibrosis are staying. And then another patient comes in, Will, who and they just forged this friendship at first. And I learned. I think the things that I liked about this book are that I learned a lot about like cystic fibrosis and the treatment, and how you. I mean, I didn't even know that that people who have cystic fibrosis can't be more than six feet. They're not supposed to be more than six feet Mm -hmm. from each other. So no, less than six feet from each other. Sorry. (laughs) Again, words are hard, but they, so I learned that. um, And I just really love Stella as a character. She um, is so open about uh, what she, her like medicine regimen. She has a YouTube channel and it was just really interesting to see how all of the, the community, the cystic fibrosis community, how they communicate without being able to be really close mm-hmm. in uh, in proximity to one another. So I thought that was really interesting. And I mean, and there is this lo- there's this kind of like star-crossed lovers um, love story in it. But I felt like it was really believable and what they develop between each other because they're just so isolated and because they're all there in the hospital. And I just thought it was a really beautiful love story and but it was but I mean I I mean I ugly cried during it because it was just it was it was hopeful but again there was some sad parts and I just I thought it was really good Mm -hmm. and I'm really excited to see the movie so I don't know it's Mm -hmm. YA yeah we might do maybe sometime we'll do a podcast a podcast just on it I haven't read it yet but I'm the one I'm the um oddball out here so I'll, I'll work on that, and then we'll see the movie and talk about it. I'm holding back judgment. 
Well, and there are some parts in the book that kind of jump the shark. I think mm-hmm. like there's a couple of parts that are not as believable, but I do feel like from what I know, and again, I don't, I don't have anybody close to me who has cystic mm-hmm. fibrosis, mm-hmm. but from what I've read and um, what I have learned during, I read another middle grade book called Caleb and Kit. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned about cystic fibrosis, it seems like the medicine and just the regimen that they, ha- that the patients in the book are having to go through to um, maintain their, their quality of life. It seemed realistic, but there, there are some really, it, I'll say one more thing. There's some really good information on Instagram. There are several um, bookstagrammers that have cystic fibrosis who have opened up a conversation on it. Maybe we can link to their Instagram mm-hmm. accounts in the show notes because they one of them let a buddy read that was quite large mm-hmm. on five feet apart, and it might be nice to have some context. And I mean, an own voice, like a mm-hmm. person with yeah. that knows more about it than I do. So we'll, mm-hmm. maybe we can link that in show notes. All right, so I would like to, I I would love to recommend just all of the books of Khaled Hosseini, but I'm going to stick with The Kite Runner, which was his first. Um, I just have to say, I think I have ugly cried in all three of his novels. I think the writing gets better and stronger. And I think he is so kind. Ashley and I got to see him at the National Book Festival, and he was one of the favorite, my favorite people I've Mm -hmm. ever seen there because he was really kind. Some people asked some kind of dopey questions and somehow he found a way to make them seem intelligent and to answer them Mm -hmm. just really graciously. Anyway, so The Kite Runner, which was his first novel, is the story of Amir, who is a young boy in Afghanistan in the 1970s. Um, His father is quite wealthy and they do have a servant. And one of them is Amir's age and his name is Hassan. So Hassan is both Amir's best friend and his servant, which is complicated. He is part of a religious group in Afghanistan that is really persecuted. And Amir is aware of that and like it bothers him. But Amir is in some ways pretty selfish. He has led a very um, privileged life and he's not always aware of his privilege. And his big tragedy is that his mother died before he was born. And so that is something that he is keenly aware of. And he is not necessarily the type of son that his father would want him to be. He's very bookish and his father wants someone who is more outgoing and more athletic. So you see a lot of these um, familial conflicts right at the beginning of the book. So this is a tough one to talk about without spoilers, but I will just say there is an event that happens very early on in the book that involves Amir and Hassan that is a horrible, horrible tragedy, and that really changes both of their lives forever. After that happens, Amir and his father go to live in the United States, so that's sort of the central section of the novel is their life in the United States together, and then at a certain point... um, and this is a slight spoiler, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Amir, as an adult, comes back to Afghanistan and has to deal with the aftermath of the event that happened early on in his life. Um, so it's it's uh, it's just this sweeping book. It looks a lot at, about Afghanistan and the different stages that country has gone through. But it is also a deeply personal book. And I think watching someone who has made mistakes and done things wrong and acted selfishly try to reckon with how he can begin to repent for his choices when he was a child is really moving. And because Hosseini's writing is so strong 
I think you feel every moment of his agony as he becomes older and starts to realize what he really did let happen. Um, so anyway, so that is The Kite Runner by Khaled Hosseini. I would also recommend A Thousand Splendid Sons and, and The Mountains Echoed, which are also beautiful and sad and teach a lot, but also are not just about the, the place. They're about the people in the place. Yeah, yeah, I love him too. Um, I a thousand splendid sons is my favorite mm-hmm. of the three, so but I, I mean, I think all of them are brilliant. Um, and yeah, I, I like the kite runner. I appreciated even more. I think when I read it a second time, but yeah, you know, it's so much about redemption mm-hmm. and whether that's possible and how to find that. And yeah, I think that that's what's really beautiful about it, even though it's sad. Okay, so I wanted to talk about. Sorry. I was like, what book do I want to talk about again? I don't have the thing open. So I was like, um, I decided I was going to Jennifer Nevin. (laughs) I'm always watching the audio here. Anyway, it's fine. So I wanted to talk about Jennifer Nevin's All the Bright Places. And that is a, it's a YA novel. And it has two characters. There's a bit of a love story. um, But it comes from their perspectives. It's Violet and Finch. And they are... There's an event that happens early on that has affected Violet's life. And so then she is kind of reeling from this thing that's happened. And at that time, as she is reeling from this event, she meets Finch. And he um, is just unlike anyone that she knows. He is just not he you know does his own thing um he's very different from the other kids at the high school um he is impulsive and fun and you know just really lives fully and so she they get to know each other more and you know she is much more kind of a typical teenager I would say and he is just somebody who's profoundly different from from that and so she's like starting to see that maybe there are other ways to see the world and other ways to be and that doesn't always have to be about fitting in or you know being like everybody else basically but Finch has some substantial mental health issues and he is working through those in the book and I think what I loved about this book is I just felt like Nevin was really authentic in her depiction of what it is like to live with a mental health issue and also what it is like to care for someone who mm-hmm. has who is working through a mental health issue. So I feel like that was what I loved so much about the book is that I felt like it just it felt really authentic and I think true to the way events might play out in the real world mm-hmm. given the circumstances that both of them face. And so I loved that but I did find it devastating for sure. I mean, I just think that, again, because I think it resonated with me that that is the way that things do happen in yeah. life and that in a lot of ways, like despite our best intentions, um, sometimes things don't work out. And I think that is hard to read when you feel like that, when it both feels true and things aren't working out the mm-hmm. way that you want for them to. And so I felt like it was beautiful and powerful. And I think, um, especially for young adults, really educational, just about helping people understand somewhat what it is like to be, I mean, for Finch, he has, he's really up and down. And Mm -hmm. I think that she just depicts that so well and shows 
both what that's like for him, but also what it's like for Violet. And I think that sometimes for kids, especially as some of those things develop in teenagers, I mean, that's, that's become, Mm -hmm. you know, as teens progress, a lot of times that's when some of that stuff begins to manifest and you start to see, you know, within yourself or within your friend, these things happening that are hard to understand. And so I think it doesn't seem at all preachy or prescriptive, but I do think that she speaks to um, what that is like. And so I just thought that was a beautiful, beautiful, um, but very moving and very sad book. And again, that was All the Bright Places, and it's by Jennifer Nevin. That one, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say that one, um, when I was still in the classroom, I handed it to one of my students who read, but not avidly, and it usually took her a while to get through a book. And so I think she got it on a Friday, and she came back the next week and had already finished it. She said she finished it the first night. She started reading it, and she just said, I've never read a book like that, that I, I think one of her friends was suffering from it. And so mm-hmm. I think she just really identified with it. And yeah, it is so, so sad, but it feels so, yeah, so true. Like you said, just very realistic in its treatment. It's one of those books that the, when I closed the last, the, the cover, I mean, it's just like I had to close my eyes and sit there for a moment yeah. because it, I mean, it's just heart wrenching and gut wrenching, but so honest. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. And the and the movie is coming out this year. Oh, that's right. So oh, I, I, I keep forgetting. Y'all have told me that it has one. So I will have get, to go see it. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely want to have see to that. do a reread before. Mm. We yeah, see I would it. like to reread. Yeah. I mean, that's what I just really feel like. Yeah, I like what I already said. I mean, I just feel like I could talk about this book for a long time, apparently. <laughs> but I feel like for Violet. So much of the way that Finch is is surprising to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, again, just speaks to when you think you know someone, but then the person's personality is complex, then yeah. she is surprised by a lot of what manifests. And I think, yeah, again, I think I can see how that was really compelling for me as mm-hmm. an adult and, you know, knowing more about that stuff, I think, than a lot of teens do but I like thinking about teen readers who um, get a nice insight into um, some of what that's like Mm -hmm. yeah we we were trying to remember who started I started I started this one thank you all so much for joining us today Um, we hope that we have helped you have some titles that are in fact worth all the tears (laughs) and we would love to know those books for you that have been like that that have really resonated with you or that you feel have enriched your life even though they might have been painful to read and so thanks for listening and we just want to remind you to please join us on social media on instagram and facebook especially um, at unabridged pod and rate review and subscribe on itunes when you get a chance thanks so much Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We would love to hear them. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, on Instagram and Twitter at UnabridgedPod, or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com, or on our Patreon page. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light. Many thanks to Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer, and Tim Rieger, our videographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.